Welcome to the Hark bonus episode for Lady Killer, an 87th Precinct novel. And that is our now familiar sound of Stephen Royston huffing his book. <laughs> and I think, is Steve-O's the oldest edition that we've got here? Mm, it Musty. It's the first Penguin edition, first UK Penguin. Let me have a look. Uh, it is... It's the Green Spine one, anyway. Published in Penguin Books, 1964. Yep, it's the... Um... Published in Great Britain by TV Borden, 1960. First published by... Yeah, 1964, first. First Penguin. Yeah, yeah. And Morgan has got the... I've got a... a late 70s Penguin? 77. Um, indeed. It's well-thumbed 1977 edition. Not as musty as uh, Steve O's, but still yeah. musty-ish. Mine's highly discoloured, actually. Yes, yours has e- got even the look for of a, a book of this age is... Uh, yeah. Well, th- I think there's there's a quality to those green spine crime novels that they all very quickly take on the same hue, regardless of, do, of when they? they were done. I think that particular l- there's a particular look to those green spine ones, even more so than the Penguin orange spine crime, things. Two and six, two and nice. six. I'll like the, we'll talk about the covers in a bit. Yeah, we'll, well talk I'll about yours first. well I'll, I'll just get mine out of the way because I have the um, the shit one. That's the, yeah. the one I normally have. Yes, I have the um, Allison and Busby Limited 2007 edition. I think given all the 40-odd books, I don't think I've got a single one of that really? time. Well, they only published, so, I think, six of them, maybe, the, the, or the, the, five The ones with them. Killer in the title, I think. Which is very strange. Now, Lady Killer, the book we've discussed in our main podcast and features no spiders whatsoever, is illustrated <laughs> on my book cover by a spider's web. And that's Fun. it. Well, so it's a spider's web of. But they're not. But if it was that they were, if, if it was that they were trapping him or he was trapping them, that would make sense. But the only reference to a spider in this book is when they visit the fiance of the suspect. He says she had her hair cut in that thing called a spider cut or a That's bed bug right, right. Oh, yeah, well, he, of course. he was in a web a bit wasn't he oh well maybe oh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't this he? is a very wasn't sideways he? way to come around to the idea of a wasn't spider though? so i think you know perhaps we've found yeah oh, well, it's fairly that would be a very like obscure... morgan so they made a mock-up of the um they have indeed um, of the, the let of the note we have yeah a, a, a nice little mock-up of the um of the the note and we also have the the binoculars there. I quite like the ones that those seventies editions that all have the like the cityscape in the background. Yeah, it's the, cool. the the police badge, the eighty seventh precinct badge, and then the the two objects or whatever it is from the book <laughs> yeah. every time. I like the um, Ed McBain text. Yes, yeah, I, that's the, one the of my. They are my, forms. Sort of my big great, favorite yeah. editions. So but your earlier one is those classic uh, Alan Spain uh, is, yeah, uh, I, I particularly like the binoculars that have got two uh, eyes in the end of them. That, that, they're pretty good. Yeah, I think um, the, that sort of photo collage thing was um, quite popular at the time with a number of books, a yeah. uh, number of sort of graphic uh, it, designs These are things. repetitive there on the others, but um, circular. Now, Steve-O, I've been led to believe by sources close to me, i.e. you, that your book has some weird writing in the back of it. It does, actually, yeah. It does. Addresses mainly, but there's a bit curious text. Go on. Theo Ramos. Oh, Theo Ramos. Must have uh, owned this book. Theo Ramos, 52 Grange Road, Lou, uh, Lou, is it? Is that Lewis? Louis? Lewis? Lewis? Sussex? Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, same handwriting, all the same handwriting this. 
Same time, I would say. Uh, Studio 3, Chelsea Farmhouse. Uh, Mir Miriam Street? Miriam Street. Miriam Street, London. London Southwest 10. And then it goes on to say R. R A Regent seven nine eight one. R A Regent seven. That's a curious. Is that the phone number? I mean, at one point, Re Re Regent seven nine eight one sounds like a phone number. Mm. Sounds like something yeah, someone would ring in a film from nineteen forty eight. R A. Yeah, perhaps that is actually. That's interesting. Imagine Telephone if region seven nine eight one. Imagine if that if Theo Ramos was still alive and was coincidentally one of our listeners. Well, indeed, if you're out there, Theo, uh, what's, what's, get in touch. What's, what's RA though? And Royal Academy. Registered address region seven nine eight one. Don't know. C curious. Which um... Ruth Ampersand? <laughs> well, probably. So the, these, those are the covers. Resident of, of the Adronodacts, or whatever they call it. Adirondacks. Oh, I've forgotten already. Uh, <laughs> I've already forgotten. I haven't revised the... the, the uh. Yes, it's me, Graf Conklin, the fact-checking ghost here. Hmm, Theo Ramos. I think I need to do some checking up on this character, and I think I'll have something very interesting for you to listen to in the next podcast. I may also, by that point, have decided what my voice is supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. I've got a couple of things that we need to address here. I need to oh. do a couple of... Um, I suppose you'd call them shout-outs, really. And we've got well, some we, questions. We've got a couple of questions. Oh, I know one question. I received an email from a chap called uh, Dylan Winslow, who was saying that they'd found the the podcast through our links to podcasts about Columbo, because on Twitter we follow a lot of similar things, and I, I suspect... Oh, there's a moth in my face. That's by the <laughs> by. Um, I suspect at some point we will be uh, doing our Columbo links more um, uh -huh. explicitly. But he was uh, he sent us a, an email, and he, he mentioned about in the bu in uh, the Pusher, we talked about the word gunzel, or gunsel, yeah. as the idea of a guy with a... a a, gun. a hired, hired a gun, gun to sell. Yeah. Before Dashiell Hammett used it in the Maltese Falcon, he says it referred to a young male prostitute, oh. which is a sort of underlying thing that that um, Dashiell Hammett uses as a bit of an insult in the book, oh. and it has mainly re referred to a gun carrying thug. And the OED notes that, like much American slang, it comes from Yiddish, Genzel or Little Goose. Ah. So, which I don't think I'd found found that reference. So that's that's a nice little that's bit of cool. detail there. So thanks very much for that, Dylan. That's Smash nice of you to have got in touch. Uh, and also on Twitter, we've been having some nice comments from someone whose handle is Dominator Rago or or Rago. I can't remember how it's pronounced. That's a reference to a Doctor Who story, second Doctor story called The Dominators. Ah. I don't know what his actual name is, but it's been very encouraging. So hello to you, Dominator, and your quarks, who are the weird little spiky-headed robots. <laughs> well... I quite like the Dominators. It's a good story. Very good. So those are the mentions. I have questions from our our friend uh, Dr. Andy Davies. Excellent. 
And the one I think we should go to first, the main one, is which Liverpool pub is the most suitable to be used as a scene or location for an 87th Precinct novel? Well, we just dealt with a book where there's a a location called The Pub. (laughs) The Pub, yeah. You see, I was thinking about this. They they never really go for drinks, do they, together as colleagues? No, no, no. Only ever when they go for... In the series ever, I don't think. I mean... At all? No, they just go. Like... So they're they're always grilling suspects or trying to find <laughs> somebody. And they, my my impressions are always basement bars, you or know, like dive sort of bars, like street level bars, or yeah, you know, street level, but yeah, with steps down. Yeah, but not quite cheersy. No, no so difficult to think of a. Uh, I'm not really sure any pubs would do some of the new. Dive bars in town are probably more. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't enjoy a full dive bar though. No, well, a, di- no, a dive no. bar has to earn its its diviness. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm taking that dive. Yeah. yeah, well, you'd have to like the place to think it's. Well, no, I'm just I, trying I, to think of places. I concur. But yeah, difficult question to answer that. Really. Maybe the only one that I can Berry think... and Rye on uh, Berry Street. Yeah, it's got a bit of a bit, bit of a deliberate cloak and dagger vibe. Mayor Mayor coming in there looking for some <laughs> Hal Willis, <laughs> yeah. searching out a uh, hoodlum, having a uh, bit of uh, banter with the the yeah, uh, or no tip off from uh, um, Fats Donna, maybe. Or maybe the only other one I can think of is the Pilgrim. Which has got that sort of weird oh, yeah. off the street vibe down yeah, the stairs. Yeah, down the stairs, yeah. It's got booths, which is what a lot of American sort of bars would have had, because they often end up going back to a booth to to talk. Yeah, maybe. And um, I expect that they all have cubicles where the toilets are about six inches deep in piss as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's oh. one of those, so yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's... that's but your tradi- tra- traditional English pub is difficult to... Fit into a yeah, uh, certainly, yeah, uh, so, a, 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 absolutely an 87th precinct, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> and we have another question from Andy is if you were designing an 87th precinct book cover, what one element would you have to include? And you can't say author's name or title, and it's a tricky one. I think at some point we're going to get my uh, friend Adam one from a perspective of a graphic designer or someone mm. who, or an illustrator, and we'll have a look at different covers and things. Mm. We aren't graphic designers or illustrators but we do look at a lot of these book covers and one thing I've noticed is some of the better editions are the ones where it's the simplicity of like a particularly well chosen image there's issues out in Italian at the moment Italian issues of a lot of these books and they're more or less plain white covers save for like one image on the cover that's that's relevant to the book like like a ring or whatever or or a spider or whatever it is quite simple but not sort of Alison and Busby simple. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. I, you could I have the eight seven globe, couldn't you? Because that's mentioned in quite a lot. Yeah, because that's yeah. a feature of the outside. Well, one station thing would be quite interesting to have on the back of the book, or the uh, um, would be a um, a map of um, Isola. Yeah, that could be good. I know people I have to... made and, and yeah. written maps, even though the evidence in the books contradicts each other mm. a little bit yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you see, I think, I, I wonder whether in the course of these podcasts, uh, one of us or I might try and produce a, a map. I'm, um, I think be, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, like, as Terry Pratchett wrote his Discworld novels, they started out setting 
one specific city and then lots of sort of mm. fantastical areas around it. Well, not fantastical, really. And forests and this, that yeah. and the other and other countries that were... But a few books into it, someone made the effort to produce a map of Ankh-Morpork because so many streets had been named and they'd sort of been in the same mm. place in the stories. And then Terry Pratchett, the author, start, worked with the guy, Stephen Briggs, and his stories from then on used those maps. Mm-hmm. So and that extended out from Ankh-Morpork into the disc in general. That's, that, that's interesting, because because you could either, as an author, you could either view that as uh, a great licence of creativity, or you could view it as a, well, now we've got a map, you kind of... I can't make him get mm, from there to there yeah, in any less kind time. Of, you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of restricted by what the map allows. Yeah, whereas I think there's, whereas there's, if you're McBurney, you can say, well, there's this... There's this really wealthy street that uh, everyone knows about in Isla, but I've just failed to ever mention <laughs> yeah. in the previous yeah. 40 books. And, like, who are we to say that, mm. you know... Yeah, absolutely. ...it doesn't exist, because it clearly does, because he's telling <laughs> us. And so, yeah... It's an interesting one when you map things out. Yeah. I've been reading um, a, a Murakami book recently, Hard Boiled Wonderland, and the first thing you see in that is a map yeah. of the end of the world. But it, which is a place, mm. I think. I don't know. I've not got that far into it. It's too intriguing. <laughs> so, I know it's interesting though. You could have some sort of reference to the city, the city landscape. Mm. You could have the police globes. I like the police badge on those editions. Yeah, that that's Morgan's always good. Got there. As you say, just a, yes, a cityscape, a skyline. It, it, if you have to have a, 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 an image that's going to be applicable to all the the books, that would always well, yeah, because the city is a or my penguin in there. Yeah, this this immediately evokes this book is set in a ginormous American city. Yeah, in one image, and that one's basically saying, yeah, it's a, it's a city on a water front, um, like an island type yeah. city. Whereas mine says. It might have a spider in it. It doesn't, but that's so fine. I, I think something <laughs> depicting the massiveness of the city. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the, that's you answer. couldn't go far wrong with that, could you? No, um, because that's the one thing that is yeah. constant throughout, really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. That's our answer. Something representative of the city. Well, uh, there's some stats in this. We never mentioned this in the. Are they going on about the population of the 87th precinct? It's 90,000 people. Oh yeah. And that's just in the uh, 87 precincts. Uh, yeah. So there's at least uh, 86 other precincts before you even get to that, and then probably more after. Well, that. we know that there's more because they bring in like Indeed, outside help yeah. from the 102 quite a lot and yeah. things like that. So it's, it's it is a definitely a New York scale city, like unbelievably so massive about city. At least a hundred precincts of approximately, uh, yeah, a hundred thousand people each. That's where you get to your, you know, your kind of ten million population. Yes, that's true. Yes, he does like to throw in the stats actually for his uh, very similitude's sake. I think in this book and in possibly in the next one, maybe. Talks about um, police salaries mm. and how that breaks down. Or is it the next book? I might be quoting from the next book because I have reread them back to back. Yeah, but maybe it's the next one that sixteen detectives, then something like a hundred and eighty, yeah, odd um, patrolmen. Yeah, it's so I, it gives you a good flavour mm. of the scale of. Um, yeah. the I, I do like that. It does ground it and and mean he isn't just going. I'll just put as many police on the street as I need for the story. Oh, yeah. Of course, he would if he needed to. Naturally. But it, it does try and keep it a little bit more grounded in the mm. initial research he obviously did when he started out with the series of saying, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it this sort of hero, gestalt-type thing. Well, he must, yeah, he must go to New York, so right, how many, how many detectives have you got in each precinct? How many mm. populate, you know, what's the population? Where's the 
Uh, how many patrolmen? You know, what's the mm. scale? And the police would have gone, oh, not you again. Why are you asking me? <laughs> go, Mr. Hunter, go away. Mr. Hunter, we can't spare you any more time. <laughs> That's another accent for you there. That's another very accurate uh, accent of a man dismissing a author of a nascent police procedural <laughs> series. Definitely. So uh, anything else to add, gentlemen? Um... I don't think so, no. I'm quite looking forward to the review of the next one. Yeah. yeah, eager to get going with that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, well, we'll do that before too long. Anyway, so otherwise, we will conclude the bonus episode for tonight. And once again, I will say goodbye, goodbye, as will Morgan. Fairly well. And Steve-O. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye.